0: Greetings, citizens, and welcome to Unknown. I'm Jason McClellan. I'm here with Shane Hurd. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's been one of those interesting weeks where a media outlet published a UFO-related story, resulting in every other media outlet covering that story, too. And naturally, that gets the UFO community buzzing, too. Of course, I'm talking about the news that the U.S. Navy claims it's drafting new guidelines for UFO reporting procedures. But before we get to that, Shane, how are you, good sir? I'm doing mighty fine. I'm so happy to hear that. And I know that UFO researcher and lecturer David Marler spoke this weekend at Phoenix MUFON, and you were there. So how was that?
1: It was awesome. He spoke on the Battle of L.A. case from 1942. Nice. Uh, David is an excellent speaker, great personality, and he laid out a very cogent explanation of his research and some of the conclusions that can be drawn from it. Uh, plus some kind of interesting history on on the uh, most famous uh, of UFO pictures, I think anyway, the Los, Los Angeles Times photo of that event on, right. uh, in February of 1942. And it was fascinating.
0: He is a terrific lecturer, like you said. I love hearing him speak um, and such a fantastic researcher. And I'm sure many listeners have seen these photos online if not um you might want to google and check it out but david has a remarkable archive put together Uh, essentially this giant ufo library of all of these ufo books and and i mean he's got all sorts of things all sorts of files related to to ufo cases it's a giant room how big is it shane it's huge
1: Yeah, I'd say it looked to me to be like about 20 by 40. I mean, he built this building onto his home for this purpose and it was, you know, laid out great. I mean, it had all these cases and file cabinets and shelving and, you know, he had some Really cool pictures and some, you know, memorabilia and things um, displayed in there. A huge conference table in the middle uh, with lighting so you could really, you know, hunker down and do some good research. And, I mean, my my hat's off to him. I I would love to do that myself. It it was a first-class job.
0: Right. I mean, you see photos of that, and that's like any UFO nerds, like, dream... bunker, like war room (laughs) research area. It's it's really cool. So yeah, David's great and he does a lot of great research. So if you're not familiar with his work, check that out. I'm glad you were able to catch his lecture, Shane. That's pretty cool. Yeah, loved it. Uh, Well, let's jump into our discussion about the Navy and its UFO policy. So on April 23rd, Politico published a story titled U.S. Navy Drafting New Guidelines for Reporting UFOs. This article explains that the Navy is in the process of drafting new guidelines for its pilots and other personnel to report encounters with, quote, unidentified aircraft, end quote. So according to the article, the Navy states, quote, there have been a number of reports of unauthorized and or unidentified aircraft entering various military controlled ranges and designated airspace in recent years. For safety and security concerns, the Navy and the Air Force take these reports very seriously and investigates each and every report," end quote. The Navy goes on to say, quote, "As part of this effort, the Navy is updating and formalizing the process by which reports of any such suspected incursions can be made to the cognizant authorities." End quote. And Politico clarifies that, quote, The Navy isn't endorsing the idea that its sailors have encountered alien spacecraft, but it is acknowledging there have been enough strange aerial sightings by credible and highly trained military personnel that they need to be recorded in the official record and studied, rather than dismissed as some kooky phenomena from the realm of science fiction, end quote. So there are a couple things to point out First, The Navy hasn't suddenly decided to take an interest in UFOs, okay? It's always been interested in the topic of UFOs, and if you listen to what the Navy said, they directly state that they are, quote-unquote, updating their UFO reporting procedures. Updating implies that they've already had a reporting procedure in place, but they've also acknowledged that this process needs to be revised and formalized to make it consistent ...and more widely known to its pilots and personnel. Also important to note, even before having this revised, formalized reporting process... ...the Navy says it already investigates each and every UFO report it receives. And the final item I'll point out right now is the fact that the Air Force had UFO reporting procedures... ...the FAA has had UFO reporting procedures... And both of those have been modified and moved around and changed many times, but that's another story. But I certainly understand the buzz caused by the report that the Navy is updating and hopefully improving its reporting procedures, but this certainly isn't unique. Shane, what do you think about the Navy coming out with this news that it wants to make it easier for its pilots to report UFOs?
1: Yeah. I mean, I want to be positive about it. It, It's a great thing. And, and, you know, What's interesting, as you you have said, it's not that they don't already have these uh, types of procedures in place, but I think what's most significant is they're willing to come out and state that um, this is something that's been denied to the bloody death for the last 50 years. So here now they're admitting that they do investigate them and that they have a process in place, but they're – no doubt updating that process based on recent events we can talk more about. But I think in general, it's a good thing. I don't think there's a huge significant change other than the fact that if, if it unfolds like they're saying, you know, military personnel can make these reports without fear of ridicule or negative consequence to their career, which would be big.
0: It'd be very big. And as we know, pilots see stuff all the time. And there is that stigma and, you know, the hesitancy of these pilots and by these pilots to report anything they see. And just this weekend, The Atlantic published a story about this titled, U.S. Navy Wants Pilots to Report UFOs Despite Stigma. In this article, the author writes, quote, The Navy knows how this sounds. It knows what you must be thinking. But the fact stands that some pilots are saying they've seen strange things in the sky And that's concerning, end quote. And this really highlights something I bring up quite often. And that is, for whatever reason, some people in the UFO research community get frustrated when we or anyone else bothers to take the time to explain to people outside of the UFO research community that there are unidentified objects flying around in our airspace all the time and completely putting aside the extraterrestrial possibility too just talking broadly about the presence of things in the sky that we can't identify as hard as it might be for some to accept. It is still the belief in the general public that UFOs, even in that very basic sense, aren't a real thing. People assume that if there were something strange in the sky, the military would know what it is or be able to easily identify it. And if that didn't happen, then we'd hear about it on the news in some big story. This article from The Atlantic illustrates this when the author feels the need to state, despite how crazy it sounds, quote, some pilots are saying they've seen strange things in the sky. Well, to us, that seems like something obvious that doesn't need to be stated. <laughs> but in the general public there still isn't that level of public education properly informing people of the reality of UFOs. Again, this is completely removing the extraterrestrial discussion or possibility. And still, the general public isn't to the point yet of understanding these, quote-unquote, incursions that take place in our airspace all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's one of the... the uh you know, positive consequences of this is that it is education of the public. And, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, talk about disclosure and maybe how we're being drip fed and all those kinds of things. You know, maybe there's some truth to that. But just, you know, putting that aside, just the fact that the Navy, the Air Force are coming out, making these statements, making it safe to even think about, let alone talk about, you know, is a big leap forward, in my opinion, uh, on the whole issue. So, again, you know, it's a positive thing. There may be some negative things attached to it. We have yet to see. But uh, from what I've seen at this point, you know, it's a good move. It's a really good move. I
0: I agree completely, Shane. And I'm excited to see what, if anything, comes out of it. I mean, I, I assume only more can come of it. And who knows what we'll hear about that And when, if at all. But as we know with these stories, you know, everybody gets all hyped up and Mm -hmm, this stuff mm -hmm. breaks in the news. We hear about it for two or three weeks and then we don't hear about it again. So hopefully the wheels are turning. Hopefully these, uh, you know, policies do actually get put in place and they're actually acted upon and, and pilots do feel comfortable reporting things they see. Investigations can be done and there 's no lingering ridicule or or you know effect to the pilots for actually taking them up on their offer to listen to these reports right
1: yeah, absolutely, and you know when we were at UFO megacon we we uh, saw some presentations. Uh, by a lot of the folks, uh, associated with the, uh, Nimitz case, yeah. um, and, you know, radar operators uh, in particular, and, you know, they're, they're able to come out and, and speak about this. And, and what I thought was really striking about their presentations was the emotion that these guys, um, were displaying uh, on, on how this, you know, negatively impacted their life when they couldn't talk about it. And now that they are able to talk about it, they're viewing it more positively. So, I mean, we can never, you know, forget the fact that military members are people too, you know, human beings with feelings and, um, you know, making this opportunity available to them, you know, can be really helpful to, you know, individuals and really to the military, I think, in general.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And again, sort of anything that we can do to, lessen the stigma associated with this topic and get people to have real conversations and, you know, take the time to look into this topic, do actual investigations, consider this not something from science fiction, but something that is concerning and should be concerning to us all and and merits investigation. You know, I think we're, we're slowly moving that way. And like you said, I mean, having the pop culture, the general public see the military talking about UFOs in public, in you know every media outlet that's big and that helps in that process. But here's something else I want to bring up and I'm just gonna touch on this because this is a bigger discussion for another day and it's something that I have pretty strong opinions about. But something that has been riled up recently and we certainly see it in this Navy news as well, is the very term UFO, right? How we even talk about this topic. UFO, that acronym, that that Name The term we use to talk about these things in the sky has been heavily debated um, in recent months and certainly the last week, even in articles about this very story and the Navy not wanting to use the term UFO, about UFO researchers, how they don't like the term UFO because of the baggage that comes with it. But I don't know. What are your thoughts, Shane, with, with the term UFO? Are we overcomplicating things by coming up with all sorts of new terms? I mean, to me, you know, I always come back to, well, people throw out these terms and we see them used uh, by various people in government and military and, and by journalists in these uh, media outlets, but they always have to come back and and clarify that what they're talking about is UFOs. Like
1: mm-hmm. they
0: have their, their one term, but it always comes back to explaining to everybody else yeah, what we're talking about here is UFOs, but it's not UFO. It's got this new new way we're talking about it. But it's it's a UFO. So we we yeah. always come back to UFO because that's what people know.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's true, and it, I think it was uh, the Air Force that coined that term way back at the beginning of Project Blue Book, correct? And you know, it's it's actually a, a, a kind of a brilliant term. You know, unidentified flying object. It's pretty specific, and you know, they used it so that they could properly you know, categorize sightings and reports. And, and, you know, it's, but what happened is the term just got hijacked sort of over the years to begin, become synonymous with something not unidentified, but identified, namely alien spacecraft, which that was never the intent. It's not the intent. And so, um, but that's what happens with our language and pop culture, right? We, we take a term and we, we misuse it and, takes on a whole new meaning. I think that's what's happened. And then, you know, the use of UAP or unidentified aerial phenomena, you know, is a tool that, um, you know, politicians and probably even UFO researchers use to, to get around the term UFO or rather the, the misuse of mm-hmm. it and the stigma attached to that. So um, I can understand why it's been done. But I think in reality, like you said, the, the general public um, you know, would, it always goes back to UFO because it's just been part of our culture for all that time. So, and, you know, the military is going to be very careful about, you know, use of terms uh, so that they aren't used against them or that they're not misinterpreted the best that they can any right? And so I think that's what we're seeing here is just even these articles in Politico and some of the others, are they're extremely carefully worded you know, uh, to, to minimize the misperception. And I think that's, you know, an intelligent thing to do, but, um, you know, maybe what will happen, it, it's not the term, it's the stigma associated or the misuse. And Mm -hmm. so maybe as the public becomes more educated and understanding what that term actually means, just like it says, unidentified, not alien craft, then it, it gives more room for people to have a conversation without, you know, going down that rabbit hole. And I think that's what's needed, at least at f- at first, to get this whole, you know, um, discussion out there in the public without, you know, battle lines being drawn. Yeah, it's
0: it's fascinating to watch and hear the various takes on how we we talk about this subject and what we call the things that we're talking about. So yeah, we'll certainly have a much broader discussion about UFOs and and what we're going to call them um, in the future, but. Yeah. Let's wrap up this episode. Citizens, I invite you to come join us in the Rogue Planet Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Rogue Planet. And let us know what your thoughts are about the Navy drafting a new UFO reporting procedure or anything else UFO related that's on your mind. Here's your regular reminder about AlienCon. AlienCon lands in Los Angeles, California in June. AlienCon Los Angeles brings together experts, the stars of ancient aliens and science fiction fan favorites. If you want to spend a weekend with like-minded people to challenge existing beliefs and seek disclosure of all kinds in an environment that fosters learning, discovery, and discussion, all while having a good time, then consider making it out to AlienCon Los Angeles June 21st through the 23rd at the Los Angeles Convention Center in downtown Los Angeles, California. My fellow rogue planeteer Ryan Sprague and I will be speaking at AlienCon. Shane Hurd and Maureen Ellsbury will be there too. So come out and hang out with us. Use the discount code UNKNOWN to receive $10 off any ticket purchase. Head over to thealiencon.com to get your tickets and to see the schedule. We hope to see you there. You can find more episodes of Unknown on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and even YouTube. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider so you're notified when we publish new episodes. And if you haven't done it already, please do us a big favor and take a minute to rate and review Unknown on your favorite podcast platform. You can always find this show at RoguePlanet.tv because Unknown is a Rogue Planet production. RoguePlanet.tv is your home for all the strange. Big thanks to our talented friend and fellow Rogue Planeteer Caleb Hanks for the show's intro and outro music. Check out all his work at TheClerkChronicles.com. Thanks again for hanging out with us today. I'm Jason McClellan, and I'm Shane Hurd. Do us a favor, friends. Always treat the UFO subject with the cautious and responsible skepticism it deserves. Question everything. Have the courage to form your own opinions. Keep truth as the focus of your quest, even if the truth conflicts with your opinions. And of course, stay strange.